You're listening to Real Paranormal Talk with Jeff Trelowitz, part of CKCC Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Podbean. And now your host, Jeff Trelowitz. And welcome to episode number 24 of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. As always, we are the home of all things spooky on CKCC Radio. My name is Jeff, and I'm going to bring to you another fun topic. Well, it's not really fun, but it kind of is. Now, as much as I love the paranormal, and clearly if I'm hosting a podcast about it, I do love it. There's something else that I kind of like, and I'm slightly embarrassed by it because it's kind of weird. But I do love a good murder mystery. And I don't mean a movie, even though those are fun too. What I do like is real-life crimes. I am a huge fan of the TV show Forensic Files. I just I find it disturbing what people can do to each other and still have a clean conscience about it. And so I'm going to bring to you a, uh, a story that combines both the paranormal and a murder mystery. We're going to go to a place in Iowa, of all places. Now, when you think Iowa, it's usually, you know, a pristine environment. You don't really hear much negativity about it. But, yeah, we're going to go to... Velisquez, I think I pronounced that correctly, Iowa. The date of June 10th, 1912. Now, at the time, it was evening to early morning, either on the 9th or the 10th, six members of the Moore family and two of their house guests were found bludgeoned in the Moore residence. All eight victims, including six children, had severe head wounds from an axe. A lengthy investigation yielded several suspects, one of whom was actually tried twice. The first trial ended in a hung jury, and the second ended in in an acquittal. The crime for this is actually unsolved. And again, think about it. That's now 108, 108 years later. We still don't know who committed the crime. Now, obviously, so much has changed since then, so it does make sense that we don't know. Uh, What we do know is that the house seems to be haunted because of the events of that day or that morning to the point where this this is a very popular spot to go for reality tv paranormal shows uh ghost adventures did an episode scariest places on earth did an episode most terrifying places on earth or most terrifying places in america it was on an episode of Last House on the Left podcast. It was on That's Why We Drink. Uh, there was a movie made about it. It's Like I said, it's a very popular uh, destination for ghost hunters. Not necessarily ghost hunters the ghost hunters, but ghost hunters in general. Now, naturally, a house with such a dark and mysterious past quickly attracted rumors of a haunting. The house was lived in for years after the murder, although families never stayed for too long. From what I understand, there's been a ghostly phenomenon that hasn't been there hasn't been a ghostly phenomenon that hasn't been reported. Footsteps, things moving, voices, apparitions, shadows, bad vibes. This house has it all. Uh, I do know one of the uh, claims was uh, someone was doing an investigation, 
and he got stabbed in the head. Now, what makes it even creepier was he was the one that did it. Yeah, he stabbed himself. He claims he has no recollection of the incident. He does not know what happened. He just attacked himself. And, you know, could it be just him trying to uh, get a little publicity? Possibly. I don't know the guy, so it's really hard for me to tell. But think about what it would take for you to stab yourself. Repeatedly, not just one time. I believe it was somewhere around the uh, number of seven or eight uh, cut marks on his face. Which, and again, if you think about it, how did the family die? They were bludgeoned by an axe in the face. So it, it's just a very weird coincidence, perhaps, or maybe it's not. The stab wounds were so intense, and obviously, I mean, he went to the hospital, but he didn't just go in an ambulance. He actually had to be flown to a hospital to deal with the severity of his wounds. Now, that just, to me, does not sound natural. I don't know how one would actually do that, or why one would actually do that, if he actually did it himself. Perhaps he was possessed by the spirit of the killer? We do not know. But, again, this story has everything. And it's amazing, because if you look at the house, it just looks like a normal house. You would have no idea other than the, the sign in front of it, which clearly marks it as a murder house. It actually, the, the sign in front does say the uh, Velasca Axe Murder House. Imagine, you know, moving into a new house and across the street from you is the Axe Murder House. Good times there. So the next time you're in Velasca, Iowa, or if you're currently listening to this podcast in Velasca, Iowa, and you're looking for a thrill, please go check out the Axe Murder House. Because it, it is a... Uh, you could actually take a tour of the house, which is both sad and cool at the same time, if you ask me. And now I want to change gears a little bit and talk about something else. We're going to talk about uh, a recent report that came out. Now, I know we've discussed Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, on this podcast before. And new uh, there are new reports that something may have been caught in the Ness, or in the, in the Loch. Uh, a, something that is apparently 30 feet wide was caught on a sonar that detects 500 feet below surface. And what they're calling now as the most compelling evidence ever of, of Nessie. Now, for me, whenever I look at one of these sonar detectors, it's really hard for me to tell what I'm looking at. So I'm going to let the experts uh, rule on this one more than I would if they're saying that this is the most compelling evidence, now they're not automatically saying, oh, what we caught is definitely Nessie. Again, using the sonar the way that it's set up, it just it shows a bunch of colors. But whatever this thing is, it's huge. I don't know any creature or 
animal that would be that big. So I would definitely, you know, chalk that up as an even bigger curiosity. Considering the depth of the, the lock, you never know. But again, something that big in the middle of it that has never been reported before. It's not like if you took the sonar there now, it's not there now, which means whatever it was, it moved. It's not like it was a hill under the water. So uh, it's something that needs to uh, be monitored again. I would, and if new reports come out, I will definitely get, bring them to you. I think this is actually going to be a really short episode because we've got some storms in the area and. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot to talk about right now, so I want to thank you for listening to this shortened version of Real Paranormal Talk here on CKCC Radio. My name is Jeff. As always, check out the great other shows here on CKCC Radio, starting with a new expanding nerd table. Um, uh, I know there are new shows coming soon as well, so... Keep your eyes and ears open for that. But in the meantime, I do want to thank you for listening, and I hope you have a great day, everyone.